What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Black and Cold, a true crime podcast. I am your host, Nichelle, and I am back with another case for you guys today. I know the drop of this episode is way, way overdue. I just got caught up with my day-to-day job this week, y'all, and it's been a really busy time for us at the moment, so sorry for the delay here. You guys know Black and Cold is currently a one-woman show, so thank you for bearing with me trying to research, record, and work around the type of work that I do is just a lot sometimes. But let's jump right in. The case I will be discussing today is about a young mom who vanished from her home sometime in the middle of the night. This is one I have followed for some time, but it definitely has lacked the proper media coverage in my opinion. This is a case of so much confusion and speculation. However, there has been a huge recent update in it, which I will obviously get to. But this is episode number 26, and today I will be telling you all about the disappearance of Unique Harris. Harris was born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. She was the first child of her mother's, Valencia Harris, who had her just before she reached 20 years old. Unique's father was not around shortly after her birth, and because it was only her and her mom for some time, the two grew an extremely close relationship. Valencia even decided to name her daughter Unique because of how special she was to her. The mom and daughter duo were almost never seen without one another, and Valencia provided the best life she could for Unique on her own as a single parent for a while. But with time, Valencia met a new man who came into her life, and she eventually had two more children, a daughter named Ashley and a son named Varndell. All three of her children attended John Marshall High School in their hometown of Richmond, And growing up, Unique was the ultimate big sister and sort of like another mother figure in a sense when it came down to her siblings. She's described by her loved ones as being extra caring and always thoughtful. Unique was that family member who made sure holidays were always special and any family gathering was well thought out. In 2006, Valencia decided to move to Washington, D.C., while Unique and her siblings remained in Richmond. With their mom now over two hours away, Unique stepped up even more and continued to make sure Ashley and Varndell were always good. Her door was always open for them and any of her other loved ones. She was just known to put family first. And even though there was a distance between Valencia and Unique now, this never affected the bond that they had. They continued to speak to each other every single day, but then by the summer of 2010, they wouldn't have to do that anymore via phone because Unique decided to make the move to Washington, D.C. as well. Not only did she want to be closer to her mom again, but by this time, 24-year-old Unique had two children herself, who were three and five years old. She and her boy's father recently ended things, and she just wanted a fresh start for her and her family. Her sons were both at the ages where they were about to start school, so Unique figured this was the perfect time to make the move. 
Unique and her sons relocated to the 2400 block of Hartford Street, Southeast in Washington, D.C. Now, Valencia was not the biggest fan of this area that she moved to, as it had a pretty high crime rate at the time. And according to the Huffington Post, she even begged Unique to move in with her instead. But her daughter was in her early 20s, she wanted her own place, and it seemed she just wanted to be independent. Also, Valencia was kind of like, I don't live that far from them either. So that kind of put her mind at a little bit of ease. At least that's what she thought. As she settled in D.C., Unique had plans on attending classes at a vocational school to become a massage therapist. She was recently accepted and just waiting on some financial aid information to get her career started. And whenever she would begin these classes, Valencia made it clear that she would help with her grandsons any way that she could so Unique could attend school and pursue her goals. On Friday, October 8th, 2010, Unique visited her mom's house after she picked up her sons from school. Her grandfather, Richard, was visiting, which she was excited about. I mean, Richard meant a lot to Unique. One of her sons were actually even named after him. And while they all gathered at Valencia's house, Unique asked Richard to give the boys haircuts while she and her mom just hung out and spent some quality time with one another. Unique did not have a car, and Valencia was on bed rest at this moment from a broken foot, so when it was time for her and her children to go home that evening, Richard decided to take them himself. He recalls telling Unique and the boys he would talk to them the following day, and he watched them go inside their building. When the next day came, which was Saturday, October 9th, Richard kept his word and he made sure he checked in and spoke to Unique that evening. So when he called, she along with her sons and her younger cousin, who was just nine at the time, were popping popcorn and getting ready for their movie night they were having at her new place. Richard spoke to his great-grandsons briefly and told them and Unique goodnight. So it is now Sunday, October 10th, and Unique's nine-year-old cousin woke up at around 9 o'clock a.m. that morning, and Unique was nowhere to be found. So she calls her mom, whose name is Tiffany, and Tiffany was kind of like, okay, I'm not going to panic just yet because maybe Unique just went to the store or something. Like, there has to be some sort of explanation for this. Tiffany tried to call Unique's cell phone herself, but it just rang. She was getting no response. Now, at the time, Tiffany was nowhere near that side of town. And on top of that, Unique was known to be very responsible, like she wasn't completely concerned all the way just yet, because Tiffany just felt Unique was going to come back, like she just felt there had to be a reason for this. So she stayed in frequent contact with her daughter all that morning, and every time they spoke, the same thing would be said. Unique was still not there. Tiffany arrived there at 3 o'clock p.m., which was her scheduled pickup time, and all three children were still there in the house alone. Tiffany's concern was at an all-time high at this point, and she immediately called Valencia. So when Valencia initially heard what happened, she too at first considered maybe Unique ran an errand or got caught up somewhere, possibly with public transportation, which can be unpredictable. And because she was still on bed rest, she couldn't go to Unique's house. So Richard was the one who drove there to get her sons, which he then brought them back to Valencia's house. After dropping them off, Richard decided to go back to Unique's apartment. 
And when he got there, he realized two things that were pretty alarming. He noticed Unique's purse still there. It was hanging on the dining room chair. Then he noticed her glasses were folded on a pillow on her bed. Unique's phone and keys were nowhere to be found, but what stuck out the most for Richard was this glasses discovery. Because Unique didn't have good eyesight at all, and this was the case since she was in the fourth grade, so by the time she was in her 20s, unfortunately, her eyes were even worse. And Unique slept with her glasses next to her so that every time she'd wake up, they were right there. So not only would she not go anywhere without her glasses, but she couldn't. She couldn't navigate without them. Richard knew this whole scenario did not look right, and he called his daughter Valencia and told her about what he found. Unique's family reported her missing, and one thing I found interesting was that immediately her case was assigned to the criminal unit as opposed to the typical missing persons unit. In a Washington Post article about this case, the commander of the district's 7th precinct at the time, Joel Mopin, explained why her case was passed to this unit right away. He said, quote, We felt it would be very odd that she would disappear. As far as anyone knew, she didn't have family problems, she didn't have a drug problem, and yet there was no indication of foul play. The place wasn't disheveled, it wasn't torn up, you do have cases where people just leave, but we didn't feel that was the situation here, end quote. In that same article, it was said that Unique's younger cousin, who was there, said she thought she may have heard a man's voice sometime in the middle of the night, but she wasn't 100% positive because it could have been a television or maybe someone from the apartment over. Unique's boys at the time hadn't heard anything. Even with the case assigned to a criminal unit, investigators remained stumped and really had nothing to go off of. Unique's case had little to no leads in the weeks after her disappearance. They considered the possibility that Unique was snatched from her home as her glasses were a necessity to her. However, because her keys and phone were nowhere to be found, investigators also considered the idea that she left on her own or was lured out by someone that she trusted. Again, still doesn't really give an explanation of the glasses being left behind, which I keep stressing um, that she needed. But Valencia was 100% sure foul play was involved in her daughter's disappearance. She truly believes Unique was taken against her will, possibly even watched by someone in the area for the time that she was living in Washington, D.C. She told Fox 5 D.C., quote, I don't need the detectives to tell me. I know my child better than every detective that has worked on her case. I know my child, and I know my child would never ever in a gazillion years leave her children like this, end quote. So a few people in regards to Unique's case were ruled out eventually of having anything to do with her disappearance. To no one's surprise, law enforcement began to look at the men in her life, starting with anyone she had a romantic relationship with. And the current man who Unique was dating was eventually ruled out because he was out of town. And then the father of her two children, who was still living in Virginia, was also ruled out. Now, the Washington Post states that according to the affidavit, the police even ruled out a maintenance man with a murder conviction fired for improperly entering apartments in Unique's building. They also eliminated an ice cream truck driver who she supposedly had an argument with. 
Valencia and her family were also getting contacted with false leads and extortion schemes, which didn't make it any better for them or the investigation. So overall, it just kind of felt like this case was not progressing. As no solid suspects were coming to light, another possibility surfaced in regards to Unique's case. Her and her sons had only moved to this new apartment five weeks before she disappeared. And in that small time frame she was there, Unique told her mother about a murder she witnessed from the window of her home just days before she went missing. Now, I was able to find a short clip of Valencia speaking about this situation on Our America with Lisa Ling. And in that video, she just says her immediate response to Unique on the phone, because she was on the phone while this was happening, was, quote, get away from the window. So this became a potential motive in Valencia's eyes and probably the investigators. I mean, her disappearance could be linked with someone trying to just eliminate her as a witness, right? But I couldn't find much information on this other than that. And according to the Charlie Project, there hasn't been any indication that this was even connected to Unique's vanishing. And it seems that she never even discussed this with anyone else other than her mom. Also, Unique never appeared to be scared about the situation either. So again, another dead end there. And many people begin to speculate if Unique's disappearance was just a random act of violence at this point because nothing was panning out. Being that Unique's cell phone was not found in her home, I would assume that could be a useful lead to track for authorities. But the only information in regards to her phone records that have been released was that Unique spoke with someone at 3 o'clock a.m. that morning. All three children woke up at around 8.30 a.m. And remember, Unique's younger cousin called her mom at 9 o'clock a.m. So if this is the case, all we really know is that Unique went missing sometime between 3 and 8.30 a.m. The Charlie Project page states that the security intercom for Unique's building wasn't working at the time and the door to her actual apartment wasn't in good shape, which could indicate that someone could have entered the residence that way, but this is just speculation. Valencia continued to hold vigils every few months outside of Unique's apartment. After months passed and she felt she was getting no further into finding out what happened to her daughter, the police actually put her in contact with the Black and Missing Foundation. And this is a nonprofit organization founded by two Black women who provide families of missing persons of color with resources for their missing loved ones who don't get much media attention that is deserved, by the way. And they produced videos, flyers, whatever they could to try and get Unique's story out there as much as possible. But months turned into years for Valencia, and although it was hard for her to return to the place where Unique went missing, she continued to hang flyers around that apartment long after other tenants have even moved in. In 2016, Valencia told Fox 5 DC that six detectives have been assigned to her daughter's case, and still, no leads have panned out. And when you think about it, that comes out to one detective per year. Valencia has appeared on interviews over time, and I'm talking about a six to seven year time frame of just trying to put Unique's case out there. Like I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, the media attention kind of lacked in regards to this story. Then we have no other developments that came about, and no one was named as a suspect or even as a person's of interest. This case literally took a standstill. 
But by the time eight years hit, new developments will come about. What's up, New York? As wedding season is here, bring your special day to life with the help of the ladies over at Les Deux Event Design. Les Deux, which means both in French, was founded by two amazing women who are here to assist you with anything from upscale floral decor all the way to helping you plan your whole entire event. You can find their work on their Instagram at L-E-S-D-E-U-X-D. Reach out to the ladies today. On October 24, 2018, the D.C. Superior Court granted a petition declaring Unique Harris was deceased. A death certificate was issued, although her remains have not been recovered. This declaration surfaced after new promising leads came about in 2017, so a year before. And this is when one of Unique's boys came forward and said he got out of his bed that night and could recall seeing a man who he referred to as the name Iceberg. Originally, as mentioned, the children said they did not see anything suspicious in 2010. However, seven years later, the police were able to link DNA from body fluids found from the couch in Unique's home to a man named Isaac Moy, who the police say goes by the nickname Iceberg, according to the Washington Post. This same article says, quote, Police said in the affidavit that someone had cut off a piece of fabric from a couch cushion, but some genetic material remained on the couch, end quote. The connection was made through the database after Moy went to prison in 2016 on assault charges. And Isaac Moy was actually investigated by the Metropolitan Police Department and interviewed several times back when Unique first disappeared, and it was said that he told many contradicting stories about his whereabouts, as well as his relationship with her. Now, we don't know the real connection between Moy and Unique, because many details regarding this case have not been disclosed, but clearly law enforcement knew he needed to be investigated at the time of her disappearance. In this updated article from the Washington Post, it says that the affidavit states Isaac Moy told the police at the time he did not kidnap or hurt Unique, but he believed she walked away from her life willingly because of stress. And because this investigation was so tight-knit, I am unsure of all the details regarding his interaction with the police other than his prior charges, but it appears that law enforcement still needed something more solid in regards to Isaac Moy because he wouldn't be arrested in connection with Unique's case until 2020. And this only came about after a former inmate slash informant who was locked up with Moy came forward and told detectives that he heard him talking about a missing girl. And according to this informant, he said, quote, that they will never find him because he did it the right way, so they will never figure it out, end quote. To add more damning evidence to this, Isaac Moy was also wearing a GPS tracker at the time Unique went missing, and this showed he was present at her apartment complex the night of October 9th, and then it showed he left the morning of October 10th. Investigators believe Unique was killed at her home and possibly carried out. On December 19, 2020, 43-year-old Isaac Moy was charged with second-degree murder while armed, making his arrest the second time that the D.C. police have arrested someone 
for a murder, although a body was never discovered. According to the DC witnesses reporting, court documents showed Moy spoke with Unique 13 times on the night before she went missing. The DNA evidence, this tracker he was wearing, and his cell phone all pinpointed enough for him to go to trial. Valencia Harris vowed to never give up on her daughter, and she encourages other families who find themselves in similar situations to do the same. Since Unique's vanishing, she has also become an activist for other missing people and for their families who have been searching. This 10-year journey was finally able to see some type of justice, and I'm glad Unique's loved ones can finally be at some type of peace after a decade. The whereabouts of Unique Harris still remain unknown. Anyone with information is encouraged to call the Metropolitan Police Department at 202-727-9099.